Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now for the second time now. This is the second time Bobby Heckman is on my uh, show. First time we were talking about the upcoming fan film victim no more now we're talking about the release of the fan film victim no more he is the writer and director hey bobby how you doing hello good yes finally being released well it is released to watch for free everywhere yes but, uh, but actually today is a very important day i'm glad you got me on this day because today is the day we approved the blu-ray for all the you know the the Blu-ray sample I approved, uh, and right before I talked to you, I talked to my guy who authored the Blu-ray and all the special features and everything. Which <laughs> there's more special features on this than like a lot of brand new Hollywood releases on Blu-ray now that they do. It's like you know how you get like a Blu-ray now say it's like a new Marvel release mm -hmm. and there's like a blooper reel commentary and maybe like a couple of deleted scenes. Mm -hmm. It's like, and like, we, like we don't like have a lot of making ofs anymore, you know? Right. Um, and it's like, Oh my God, we did it like old school. Like where like the menu is, you know, you know, like a lot of Blu-rays or DVDs, whatever uh, release now just have like a picture and you just press play yep. and special features like we went back to the old days of DVDs where like the, the menu was like a motion, like it was taking you through like clips of the movie. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, this is like so old school now. Nice. Well, what we would consider old school <laughs> in the awesome. DVD yeah, age. Absolutely. Know? And so yes, we that that's 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 getting ready to release. So awesome. by the end of the year. Awesome. So for those that do not know uh, and haven't seen Victim No More, you will be spoiled, first of all. Um, I was spoiled for the two interviews I had before I even watched it, but I loved it. I loved the movie. So many Easter eggs. And the first thing I saw when I started watching it, they did the New York clips and everything. I believe it was the New York clips. Um, but the first thing I, I said to me when mm -hmm. I seen like, people walking by and that was like, is that Bobby Heckman? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it was uh my little hitchcockian like moment of just walking by <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, Bobby i really I, I i wanted to be like that's me just walking by on the city streets uh that was just my excuse to like it wasn't really like oh for me to do a cameo Right. for myself or anything it was really so i could be directed by Catherine mary stewart since she was second unit director and got all those city shots mm -hmm. so i was like oh i want to be directed by Catherine mary stewart so so she told me to like come walking out of the door and walk by it's like oh that was easy it was me <laughs> yeah um, so did you, were you actually in new york city doing those shots yeah 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 it was uh me, Catherine, and our cinematographer, Sean Q. King, um, just spending a day in the city uh, last September, uh, okay. September 2021. And just were there in the morning, and we just ran all over the city, got all those shots, 
starting uptown in Central Park mm-hmm. and working our way down Times Square and then down to the, you know, the business district area down by the village. Uh, we were just running around all over the place, getting all the shots. And we, we shot so much footage. Um, we got kicked off the uh, Rockefeller Center shot, that, that big shot of like where you could see the Empire State Building and, and everything from the, right. you know, building level see the Chrysler building and stuff mm-hmm. like we got, you know, kicked off. They're like, <laughs> you shouldn't, you need a permit to shoot up here. And they, and I was like, you saw us walking up with tripods and a camera. What do you think we're doing? <laughs> right. They didn't, they didn't stop us in the lobby. So, so we, you know, but we got our shots and we were happy about that. Uh, yeah. I was wondering like how many people who saw it, like th- would think like oh is this stock footage from something else or like it's like no that was just the three of us running around the city grabbing those shots and Catherine who lives in Manhattan she she was all about the gorilla filming filmmaking style of just grabbing shots you know illegally and mm-hmm. doing whatever you want because it's New York City. There's like millions of people there every day yeah. on photo shoots and mm-hmm. stuff like and there's tourists everywhere with cameras and video cameras like nobody's going to question you if you want to film in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's different if you had like lighting rigs and stuff like that, but we didn't need all of that for like the opening title sequence. Right. Um, and I had to throw a bone to the Jason Takes Manhattan fans. You know, like even using the same font in the credits and everything. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, you and, 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 and I just, and I, what's up? I was going to say, should have had like a boat, like just kind of lurking back, like from the New York Harbor or something. <laughs> yeah. Jason, Jason's boat, the, the Lazarus, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, even though Jason Takes Manhattan is like one of my least favorite films, mm-hmm. like I, I just love the fandom of all of the movies. Yeah. So it's like, so it, it's kind of a thing where like, I wouldn't want to just reference my favorite Friday 13th movies. Mm-hmm. I want to reference, like try and reference all of them if right. I can, you know, because they, they all mean something different to all, every, each and every fan, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and it's a tribute film. So it's like, I want to pay tribute to all the fans and the franchise and everything, right. you know. Now, I'm not sure if you were asked this, and if Greg, Greg may have beat me to the question. I don't know. But uh, if you, like, when does this victim no more take place? When is this Jason Voorhees taking place? Is he, is he like after part six? Is he in between three and four, for example? What that can't happen because it's like the next day. But you know what I'm saying? Like, when is this <laughs> happening? And he's all and he's all rotting and bony. Yeah, and so definitely like part seven look. Uh, it, I kind of did it in a way where I didn't want to. I didn't want to dismiss any of the Friday Thirteenth sequels because I know a lot of the fan films do that, where it's like, oh, this one takes place like thirty years after Part Six, or this one takes place after Part Seven. It is ignores the rest or part four and ignores the rest like i i i'm not a fan of that i don't Mm -hmm. like that i don't like ignoring any of them Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, it's cool to have different timelines and do your own thing. Like that's cool and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, it's kind of a thing where like, all right, if you're not really a fan of everything after part seven, then it could take place after part seven because of the way he looks and that he had a chain around his neck and he got rid of the chain in mm-hmm. the sequence where he comes back. Okay. So we, we but wanted- it's also okay. kind of a thing. No, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Were you going to? I was just going to say like that uh, the part about it was like, if it's after part seven, that would make more sense as well because he's not wearing the mask anymore, the hockey mask. And if you notice in part seven, the hockey mask broken half, you know? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. He's not wearing the mask and he just has the chain with the lock around his neck that he, he breaks. Um, But I kind of like leave it to the fans imaginations too, where like in my mind, I was thinking that maybe another survivor like heard about Tommy Jarvis doing this years ago, like in chaining him to the bottom of the lake and decide, well, he stayed quiet and everything for those years. Like he was, he was contained in crystal Lake for years. Like maybe I should try that again. And somebody else maybe thought, Hey, that's, let me try to do that. Let me, so maybe somebody else tried to chain him down to the bottom of the lake. So they, at least they, they know where he is. They know he's contained and they, they know he couldn't get out of there, mm-hmm. you know, but of course in part seven, that's not what happens with Tina freedom. But yeah. like, uh, but I thought like, Hey, maybe somebody else tried to chain him to the bottom of the lake too. So that way it could take place after part eight, nine, Obviously not 10, because that's in the future, but like, you know, maybe... 2455. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, 2455. It's after 2455. Uh, it's on Earth 2. Hey, maybe there it takes know. place on Earth 2. We don't know where Victim anymore. So we, I didn't want to be specific to where Victim No More takes place, because I didn't want to, like, box it in like that. I wanted to kind of be like... I, I like to I like to always compare it to like the Godzilla films. Compare it to like, hey, it's just time for Jason to return. You know, like it, it's it's June thirteenth. It's his birthday. Let's he's just time to come to shore and like see yeah. who's in his area and he wants to you know get him out. Um, well, kill him. <laughs> uh, so I didn't want to like be specific. I I I didn't think it was that important of when it takes place mm-hmm. just that we know it's takes place in modern day um right. and he had been kind of gone for a long time yeah so yeah so, and uh yeah. so it's up it's up to the fan you know yeah now for those that want, want to know some of the easter eggs i caught and correct me that i'm if i'm wrong and i'm sure i'm going to miss a lot of them um uh, this is just off the top of my head but at the end we have the you know, the people that are shooting up Jason and everything, Megan, Megan Garris, Jarvis now. Uh, yeah, she, I, I imagine that they got married. So that, hey, that's what I always thought. They, I thought they would always be, a, you know, be a couple there. Um, we have um, the the lead lady that was there. Who was, what was her name? Oh, yes. Amanda Shepard. Part seven. Is that is that what that Oh, was yes. 
that was an Easter egg. Um, <laughs> Amanda Shepard, who who's seen like halfway through the film, like just jogging by. She just I didn't even know seems like that. a random, yeah. yeah, she's like a random jogger that runs by, and it's kind of like these women. Uh, in my mind, like every summer around that time, around June 13th, they kind of keep an eye on the area mm-hmm. just to make sure Jason's not around and they could protect themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amanda Shepard, you know, who's he's I mean, everybody's in it kind of briefly, but I, I kind of like, yes, she she's supposed to be Tina's daughter, who she would have named after her mom. Okay. You know, as a, you know, because because you know families do that a lot. They like yeah. they name they name their kids after their parents or their grandparents. Yeah. I'm named um, after my dad. You know, people yeah. are. There happens. you go. So yeah, it happens. Yeah, so I, I like to add that like relatability and mm-hmm. realism to it. Like it, mm-hmm. like like <clears throat> if Tina lost her mom at such a young age, like if she eventually grew up, you know, maybe got married, had a kid. Um, I think she would like name her daughter after her mom who meant so much to her. So yeah, so Amanda Shepard. And there was a sequence in the script where Amanda wasn't originally in that scene. She was going to be like in the mid-credit sequence Mm -hmm. where she would just have her own little scene uh, where she does use her powers that she would get from her mom. Um. But I had to do some rearranging of characters and script changes and stuff. And I decided, I'm like, you know what? Let Amanda be the one who shows up as a paramedic. Uh, You know, she was jogging earlier, but she, they, you see that it says Wessex County. If Mm -hmm. you look really quickly on her shirt, that she's an EMS, uh, EMT. Um, So she kind of takes Robbie away, the main character because he's got a broken ankle. And I was thinking like, well, I could have just had her stay there and show off her powers. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe stop Jason from getting away anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was like, you know what? It's kind of cool that they have somebody like Amanda Shepard, who's Tina's daughter in their group, mm-hmm. who is probably the most powerful out of all of them because she has telekinesis. Yeah. But they don't need her. They don't because they're powerful enough, you know, to take Jason down with like the thirteen of them, you know, yeah. uh, well, twelve of them, I think. <laughs> um, you know, just using bows and arrows and guns and stuff like yeah. that. And I mean, Megan blows his arm off. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I, I thought it was—I co- thought it was kind of cool to have like Megan return, yeah. Megan Garris or Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's played by a different actress, but I thought out of all the final girls uh, from the original franchise, that that would be the one that fans would be okay with replacing as an yeah. actress because fans know that that actress never acted again after Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she would come back in any other form, like in even if it was a fan film, she that actress is just never going to come back to act. Yeah, I can't so I was like, oh. to interview. She's like vanished. What's up? 
As she's like vanished. Yeah, yeah she, she's Cook. only in that. Yeah, she Jennifer Cook, and she's only in that uh, one interview that was for Crystal Lake Memories, and, yeah. and that's it. That's the only time you really yeah. seen her in an interview. Um, um, but I figured I'm like, well, if I replace that actress with like a bigger name mm -hmm. who has like like a hundred movies under a belt, <laughs> you know, and is still acting today and getting into directing. And I mean, I love Catherine Mary Stewart and she's been a friend of mine for like 10 years. And I, she's in some of my favorite movies like weekend at Bernie's and night of the comet last starfighter and, yeah. you know, mischief she's in like a lot of great, 80s movies which, that I grew up with. Which she ties in for Friday the 13th because she is in Weekend at Bernie's who was, Terry Kaiser was in that, who was in Friday the 13th Part 7 yeah. as Bad News Cruise. Hey, who was also a, you know, the doctor of Tina, Amanda Shepard's mother, Tina. <laughs> exactly. So there's all these Weekend at Bernie's Friday the 13th uh, connections. Yes. I, I think we should get Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman on Friday the 13th. Whether it be a real franchise, you know, franchise film or a fan yeah. film, yeah, sure, get them all in there. Uh, but I love Weekend at Bernie's. I love Catherine, so she's amazing to hang out with. She's hilarious and smart, and uh, she truly like like helped mentor me during the filmmaking of Victim, you know, Victim No More. Like she she showed up on like days that she didn't need to be there, just to like be like a consultant and mm -hmm. give her opinion of like how things could be and give suggestions. And I, I absolutely, you know, mm -hmm. thank God, you know, mm -hmm. for all of that, because some of her suggestions like wound up in the film and I couldn't imagine it any other way now. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I thought her playing Megan and plus Megan as a final girl in part six, I really feel like, I felt like it was kind of like Tommy's the final boy. That's what I was going to say. Like Megan is like the star. final girl you think of that isn't the one that many people associate as being a final girl because Tommy kind of steals that thunder. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, he definitely steals the thunder. But like, and she only like got to, got to really kick butt in that when she like has the motorboat yeah. fan kind of mm -hmm. like chopping away at Jason's like neck. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of the only thing she, does but and then she saves tommy's life by giving him cpr you know and it's like right. well that's those two things are are great but we like to see our final girls kind of like kick ass like kick ass for like 15 minutes or like try right. to get away and like take you know wax at jason here and there and mm -hmm. kick him in the nuts and like hit him with hammers and yeah, <laughs> machetes and stuff like yep. that like we exactly. want to see our final girl do that yeah. So I thought it was kind of cool that like, all right, here's Megan after all these years, blow his arm off, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and kind of be like, and, and have this confidence, you know, be like, I'm sorry, Jay, like, this yeah. is it, you know, yeah. me and my ladies are going to just take you down right now. Yep. Um, and if we had more of a budget, we'd of course show a lot more of what happened, but we kind of, I didn't think like that's what the story was that we were telling that, you know, it was really about, you know, people coming to terms with trauma and facing their fears and stuff like that. And, and, and panning away from the, the end of the, the film, you know, mm -hmm. and not really seeing that battle 
is kind of like, well, the battle against evil kind of goes on forever. We're always going to have like people fighting Jason and Jason's always going to come back. And it's just better not to show what really happened. Right. Because I just feel like, you know, with Amy Steele's voice over at the end, I'm like, well, that's what it's about. You know, yeah. what she says. Yeah. Uh, and I won't spoil that, but, you know, Amy yeah. Steele has a narrated, you know, voiceover at the end because yeah. she's and, you know, I speak for myself and, you know, I speak for a lot of fans that she is like most people's favorite final girl. Yeah. Because she's the first one to fight Jason. Right. Know? And on top of that, she was smart feel that she so. used the child psychology to kind of outsmart him until Paul was able to kind of tussle him where then she was able to throw, deliver that final blow. You know, so yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I love, yeah, I love the subtlety of her being like getting into child psychology and mm-hmm. and then the, the conversation at the bar in part two mm-hmm. about you know, a boy trapped in a man's body and what if the legend is true and yeah, you know, pining for his mother and stuff like that. Like, like it was so subtly and perfectly done like that character building that like it pays off so well at the end of that movie. And, you know, I kind of like, I kind of thought about a lot of those scenes Mm -hmm. with Jenny when I was thinking of writing this movie about, you know, that's why the scene starts off in the therapist's office (laughs) with Robbie talking to Dr. Romero, Jill Whitlow's character. Let me guess, Romero, uh, and I'm Romero, just like, Romero, Romero, Night of the Living Dead? Oh, I thought I was wearing my George Romero shirt, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, Romero. Well, it's a, it's a night of, it's also a Night of the Creeps reference. There you go. Like, point, it's kind yeah. of the thing. Because I, I love Night of the Creeps and Jill Whitlow playing yeah. Cynthia yeah. from Night of the Creeps and having her play Dr. Cynthia Romero. That's funny. In my film, it's like a crossover movie where it's like, oh, this is this could be the same Cynthia from Night of the Creeps. Right. Um, you know, and maybe she married Jason Lively's character from Night of the Creeps, whose last name was Romero. So there you go. I got and a lot of like characters another, marrying other characters and changing their last names. Right. And another, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, another uh, Easter egg on naming is the, the main guy, Robbie. Because uh, if you notice in the beginning, like when he's walking through, he's at the places where Annie is at in the original, which is Robbie Morgan is the actress. So his name being Robbie. And then I guess you can also go with me and it's more of a stretch this way. I think that was more the nod, but also Robbie Morgan in part four, the nurse with Axel nurse, Robbie Morgan played by, uh, what was it? Lisa Freeman. Um, she, uh, yep. So she was like her, she was named after Annie's real life name. Robbie Morgan. So it's kind of like that three-way tie-in right there, which is pretty cool. Right. And actually where I did get the name and then it, it's funny, it's great to like pay homage like mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. Robbie Morgan and yes, and the Lisa Freeman, Robbie Morgan. <laughs> um, but in actuality, I thought of naming him Robbie because um, the character is supposed to be Trish Jarvis's kid, mm-hmm. her son, and who was the the guy who died, Rob Dyer. Rob Dyer. So go. I was thinking, like, you know what? 
um, to pay homage to Rob Dyer, who died trying to protect Trish Jarvis, uh, she would name her son Rob after him. There you go. So it kind of works in different ways. I got it from the Annie impersonation just because of the the earlier, you know, at the Crystal Lake, New Jersey, Blairstown, New Jersey area. But hey, I didn't even think right. of the Rob Dyer situation, which it makes even more sense if you think about it. Yeah, and and it's funny. Speaking of the names, this is you know going on a spoiler <laughs> thing here. Uh, also, I I named him. I mean, and it's funny when he says his name to Amanda Shepard when they're walking away at the end of the movie. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she says her name is Amanda Shepard, and he says, "I'm Rob Mahoney." Oh, and. Uh, he says Mahoney and everybody's expecting him to say Rob Jarvis because earlier you see like a quick picture of his phone and it says mom and it's Kimberly Beck mm -hmm. who plays Trish Jarvis. <clears throat> but like he, he says his name is Rob Mahoney when he's walking away. So people are going to be like Rob Mahoney, like who the hell is that? And it's like, well, when people get married, they often change their last names. So it wasn't going to be Rob Jarvis, you right. know, like, Maybe Trish got married and didn't use Jarvis anymore. Maybe he just got married to a Mahoney. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was also, you know, uh, Rob Mahoney is, you know, a, a, you know, a friend that's online and stuff. He runs a lot of like fan pages and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I'm sure you've heard of him, right? Yeah. You know, yep. Rob Mahoney. Yep. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know him too. Uh, so, uh, but it was also, and, and even more so, I used the last name Mahoney because I am a massive Police Academy fan. Ooh. Uh, so Steve Gutenberg's character is Mahoney. Well, I got a little, a little <laughs> Mahoney right here. Nice. My little Mahoney <laughs> toy, Police Academy toy. Um, so I'm a... Friday 13th will always and forever be my favorite horror franchise. Yeah. My favorite comedy franchise is the Police Academy movies. <laughs> I adore the Police Academy movies. Nice. I love those characters and dopey ass movies. <laughs> uh, so I was like, you know what? It would be. F and in an interview with Kimberly Beck years ago um, that a friend of mine did. And it's actually a feature on the Victim the More Blu-ray that's coming out. Uh, in the interview, he asked her, um, oh, where do you think Trish Jarvis, because you never hear from her character again. You know about Tommy, where he went, but you don't know what happened to Trish Jarvis after her final chapter. And she responded with, oh, I think she joined the police academy. So... <laughs> So it took that that piece of that interview. And so she married like, oh, the Mahoney from the police academy. Oh, so she married, she married uh, uh, Sergeant Carrie Mahoney from police academy. Steve Guten. So Steve Gutenberg is Robbie's uh, dad. You know? <laughs> so when you, and it's funny, and if you if you rewatch Victim No More now and have that in mind, pay attention because in the therapist interview in the first scene. He said, you know, the therapist asked, like, what about your dad? And he said, well, my dad never really went through anything like what my mom went through. It's like, yeah, because he was in a stupid 
you know, comedy franchise that, I, that uh, had no trauma in it, you know? That's great. That's great. <laughs> and he's wearing a Blue Oyster shirt, which is nice. the gay bar from the Police Academy movies <laughs> in that first scene. So, nice. Yeah, there's Police Academy references. I have to. I'm sorry. I know it's stupid. I know it's fan service to other franchises, you know, but hey, I love it, you know. So his right. name's Rob Mahoney, and her right. name is Trish Jarvis Mahoney. Nice. So one question, I, one question I do have um, that I need to know. Yeah. I asked you this after I watched it, I think, because I couldn't see what it was. In that lunchbox, when they had like, what was that? Like, you know, that in, when they opened the lunchbox, what was it? What was in there? Moldy food? It was what moldy was it? food. No. Um, yeah, I said it's moldy food. That's what the character says. Oh, don't worry about it. It's just moldy food. Right. Um, it's like a decayed animal of some sort, maybe like a yeah. squirrel that kind of crawled in there and died, or okay. um, or a rat. Okay. It's not very. I mean, it's definitely a skeleton of something. Okay. Um. I think sometimes I, I think it's kind of cool that you only see it very quickly. I mean, you could pause it yeah. and like really take a look at it. Um, but I, I like that it's so quick and you know mm -hmm. it's it's just a few seconds enough for the guy to be like, oh my god, it's uh, and then drop the lunchbox. But um, I, I, I say it's it's one of three things: it's either a dead rat, a dead squirrel. Or a dead baby velociraptor. <laughs> so, so maybe it came from the upside down from Stranger Things. Another tie-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be from Stranger Things. Yeah, it could be one of those creatures from the upside down. You know, you know one of those like little those little uh, things that 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 was friend, that he found at the garbage can. What was it, season two or whatever? Yeah, yeah, in season yeah. That, uh, Look at all these yeah, tie-ins. Yeah, we get a Bernie's Police Academy, Night of the Creeps, Stranger Things. There's there's too many tie-ins. Listen, if like you have the opportunity to like the things that inspired you to love film, and if you have the opportunity, you know, like in a fan film or something like this, like to do it, then do it. Like, and and don't hit it on the head. Like, don't like say oh this is that uh i mean i say that because that's where it's coming from through my heart of things you know like through my love of different you know franchises and movies that i love um but you don't have to like say that's what it is you got to leave it to the fans imagination right. you know i feel like like and you could be subtle about things and right. um like I, I, I'm not a big fan too of like I, I, I do like a lot of the fan films out there, mm -hmm. but some of the things I don't like about fan films, and we're all picky fanboys yeah. about all this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we all have our own opinion, opinions, and it's all subjective. So it doesn't really mean anything to anybody else. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, the things that kind of like I don't like is when they say the same dialogue from the movies that you love. Yeah. You know, like they'll say in like like a Friday Thirteenth fan film, they'll just say the same lines that they said in another Friday Thirteenth movie, and it's like, yeah, I I get it. You're saying 
Mm-hmm. that line from that movie that i love i'm like i don't yeah. i'm not a big fan of that that's just like a picky criticism thing. i agree um but you know but then again there's hundreds or thousands of fans that love that I'm like oh he said that thing from part six or said that thing. i i love that you know and it, it it gives them the warm nostalgic feelings you know so and it's like hey hey that works too you know yeah. so obscure or you know on the head you can go either right. way with it and it's still great to people you know yeah there was one thing i was a little disappointed about at the opening sequence with the new york shot and i'll tell you what that is so i was hoping I, I sang it out Me, loud walking through. right now right uh, i was i was singing it as it happened because i'm like he's not gonna do it he's not gonna do it i was hoping your sense of humor would have put it in but the new york shot and you hear the song in the background new york you know that song. <laughs> I yes, was hoping yes. we were gonna get that. Classic, classic song yeah. of, of "I Love New York." Yep. Um, no, no. I, eh. We had that in Jason Takes Manhattan. You know, so yeah, that's true. We, let we them had, do it. Not, not, not that song though that they played though. Just the, the what's it called? I can't remember the name of it. But you know what I'm talking about, right? The New York. Do, 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 do. It is new. Oh, 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 the one that's in the beginning of um, Secret Life of Pets. Yes, I think I think they I think use that's it. the one. I think yeah, they the use it in the beginning of that. I think. Yes, the the typical yeah, New York song, <laughs> something State of Mind or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's that one, um, I just started singing that when when you were playing the New York things. I was thinking, I wonder if I should make like just that that clip and just send it to Bobby and with that New York state of mind or whatever. I just play that song over instead. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love the song that we chose. Yeah, I do. The song that we chose, like, you know, is it's my friend Mike McGrainer, who's also a massive Friday 13th and horror right. fan. So like I told, and I, he put out a CD release of his first album and I got it immediately and I love the CD. Like it, it didn't leave my car for like, it's still in my car actually. So it, it hasn't left my car because uh, I still have a CD in my car. Yeah. Um, and I love that song and I was just like, called City Lights. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like, a perfect way to start this movie where it kind of like brings like this fun mm-hmm. attitude towards a movie that you're about to watch. Like it almost feels like you're about to watch like an eighties movie, yeah. you know, where it starts off with like a city montage and it's like yeah. a fun poppy kind of song. And I was just like, Oh, this is totally what I have to do to like, because like you think Friday 13th, you know, film and you think like, Oh, it's going to start off in the woods and it's going to be like creepy music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's just like, no man, started off like a like an eighties fun poppy movie, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that and that's another um, thing I loved about your New York scenes as well is like it didn't go the Jason Takes Manhattan route where they literally made New York seem like it was the biggest ghetto in the world with drug addicts, you know, and like <laughs> and muggings and rats and sewage. Because it was bodies. Vancouver. Yeah, like you you sh- you yeah it was New York it, in a it was it was Vancouver. Van- Vancouver's version. 
What's yeah. up? I said that you you painted New York as a as a, a like a, a regular normal American type city. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't paint it as a stereotype, which I liked. Well, also it's it's New York during the day. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> that's true too. And and our entire movie takes place during the day, which I I know is like different and kind of odd for a Friday Thirteenth yeah movie like that. We're just like you know what. Just, my idea was kind of like well if i do another one then it would be like completely at night yeah. so i'd have my like my daytime movie and my nighttime movie you know there you go um, and it helped the cinematographer out a lot immensely he was excited that we were shooting all during the day because mm-hmm. for generators and setting up lighting it's just a lot easier and we just didn't have the budget yeah. and if you notice i mean the movie's 40 minutes long and we have like a lot of locations instead of which, you know, a lot of low budget, super low budget movies, like they usually are confined to just a couple of, you know, um, locations. And we shot at a lot of locations, which probably makes the film, I, in my mind, like seem a little longer than it is because we go to so many different places. Um, Because we go to there to, a therapist's office to the lake and cabin areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's just too many locations, you know, like that should be in a 40 minute movie, you know? Yeah. And, and it, I think, I think the movie was, it was not just perfectly like paced. Um, it was, uh, and it, like 40 minutes is great for a fan film. But uh, as I've sent to you after I watched it, the cinematography, beautiful. The, you know, the angles, everything, like the filming of it was beautiful. The music was great. You know, the audio matched up. The special effects was freaking phenomenal. And I'm telling you, I'm glad you didn't go like that CGI. I love the practical effects. Of course. Yeah, we, I mean, you have to, yeah, we didn't have anything CGI. There was like an effect that we did in one part. Um, but it was like a, it it wasn't there. Yeah, there was no CGI or anything, and, right? And we were thinking like, oh, no. I was gonna say when uh, Megan shows up with the shotgun at the end, I was gonna add like extra smoke coming out of the gun barrel. I mean, there was smoke coming out, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't like enough to really notice that she had just yeah. fired off three shots. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe we should digitally put some mm-hmm. smoke, more smoke coming out of the gun barrel, right? But then I was like, ah, it's not going to look right. You know, so right. just why bother? You know, it's not right. about that. It's about the reveal that exactly. it's Megan saying, hello, Jason. Exactly. Know? And the fact that, um, like, you know, with Freddy versus Jason, when the guard gets crushed by the door, that blood, like, it lo- it's totally, like, digitalized blood. You could tell it's digitalized blood. Yeah, compared yeah. to, like, where, for example, your film, where you could tell it's practical effects. You could tell when it's practical and when it's digitalized. And I appreciate the practical effects more because it looks more real. Thank you. Yeah, our effects guy, Ricky Vitus, he was awesome. Like, he right. just, he he was you know, so worth getting. Uh, he, he's been a friend for years, too. Uh, he was actually on the face-off, the sci-fi face-off okay. competition. He's actually one of the contestants on that. Nice. Um, but he built the Jason suit, and it was so awesome, and I love all the little details he put into it, and even, like, the little algae and moss that he had, like, it was almost like Swamp Thingy Jason. Yeah. You know? 
uh, mixed with part seven, of course. Uh, but like all the practical effects, from, it was great. Like, what's up? I was gonna say creature from Crystal Lake. <laughs> Is that a, a creature, creature from, from Crystal Lake? Oh, what a great name for a fan film! Right. Somebody do that. <laughs> Vin, stop with this never hike. Creature from, you know, do it. Come on. Creature from Crystal Lake. There uh, we go. We have, a, we have our Peter our Anthony. Gil Jason. Our Gil Jason. Come on. Peter Anthony, do that. Or somebody that can raise like $100,000 or something. Get, <laughs> do the creature from Crystal Lake. That's a great idea. Um. But uh, swamped, Jason. Um, <laughs> but me, what me and uh, our cinematographer Sean decided. I mean, it's great that when we were editing it, because there was a lot more blood being thrown around than what you see, and we thought it would be cool, like to go really old school, Friday Thirteenth, mm -hmm. where like. Those early movies, they were edited down because of the MPAA and, mm -hmm. you know, censors and stuff like that. So it's like, well, let's edit it like it was the old school Friday 13th movies. Like when the girl gets stabbed through the back and the machete comes out, like there was more blood that was like coming out. And I'm like, no, like back in like 1984, it would have just been like whoosh, whoosh, and she's dead. And then they moved on to the next scene. It's like, let, let's keep this old school. If we're keeping it old school in the way it's shot and kind of the way it looks and stuff like that, like, let's, you know, like, everything is grounded, ground level. Um, you know, like, we just tried to keep it as old school as possible, you know, using 4K cameras as old school as possible, you know? <laughs> but, like, so, like, the death scenes were, like, quick and done and, like, old school. Yeah. You know, except for the 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 guy getting the rib in the eye, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so which is, of course, going to be the favorite kill of the movie because everything is, it's kind of standard Jason kills until that part. Um, yeah. So, and that's a kill that I've been thinking about for over twenty years, like somebody breaking off Jason's rib, and then Jason using the rib as a weapon. That was clever. <laughs> and stabbing. <laughs> Clever. And we wanted it like to, to be a really Jason. slow kill. Right. And yeah, we like wanted it to be like a real slow kill because people like freak out when it comes to eye stuff. So mm -hmm. it's like if it was quick, it would have been like, ah, it's too quick. Let's do it like, you know, Fulci style, like real slow and into the eye or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it worked. And, and it worked. It wasn't like it was human Jason. It was it was a zombie Jason, obviously. I mean, you know, he came from yeah. the lake. I mean, a human wouldn't survive that. I mean, I'm surprised Jason as a human survived what he did anyways. <laughs> but uh Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the rib and I, I don't like the eye stuff neither. Like seeing somebody putting their finger in your eye and like that really ooh, like you know, oh. get you. and you know, and the fact that you got the rib and you did that and you it was it was like you know, Jason at, in part eight with Susie Donaldson. He was slowly you know, making her cower for her life before he gets her. Like that's kind of what it was. Slow right. to get them. I and that's the thing too. Like some some people I heard like you, you know they have different ideas of like how Jason should be in the mm -hmm. movies or like it's like oh that wasn't very Jason like or whatever you know whatever however mm -hmm. they perceive the character. 
Um, so, so sometimes like he kills people quickly, and then other times he kind of like messes with people, mm-hmm. and he kind of wants to like instill like fear in them. So he'll mm-hmm. chase them around for a little bit. He know he knows he can catch them and kill them right away, or like mm-hmm. the guy in my film where he he knows he can just like jam the rib really quick into the eye. But it's like it's like it's kind of like he wants to hear him scream. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, let's 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 hear yep. him. Like whereas with you know, Katie, let's, let's mess with this guy. Right. Whereas with Katie, hers was uh, I'm I got you. You're you're I got you. You're dead. You know. Yeah, was, and she never yeah. even got to know what happened. You know, because right. she was looking the other way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, so I want to do. Uh, yeah, I just want to do something different with that. You know. Yeah, I thought it was a clever kill. I. I <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we're almost out of time. Last question I do got for you. Uh, we already mentioned it briefly, but where can people watch Victim No More? And do you have anything else you would like to promote? Um, you can see Victim No More currently on YouTube. We just made it over 10,000 views. Woo-hoo. Woo. Uh, we're, we're in the five figures now. There you go. Part A. Uh, Part of time. I was going to do a video of like, you know, but I, I still feel like 10,000 is still like on the lower end. Yeah. If we get to 100,000, you know, I'll do a video of like just thanking everybody to, to bring okay. it to that level and everything. Um, I was going to do it today, actually. Do the, you know, woo, 10,000. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Jason in a party back and Betty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, believe me, there'll be a party once we hit 100,000 K. Um, <laughs> I might do actually we'll have the Blu-rays by then. So we might right. do like a whole like fun promotion party kind of thing. Awesome. Um but you can see it on YouTube, you can see it on Vimeo if you if you're part of Vimeo and our website, victim no victim no more film.com. Okay. Uh which probably in the next month or so we're gonna like put up merchandise where you can like get you know t-shirts. T-shirts like this, okay, um, and like the teaser poster. You can get posters, pins, beanies, hats. Uh, the Blu-ray will be available, um, and we'll have like little packages where the Blu-ray will be part of it or something. Um, uh, so it'll be on that that website, and I'll be promoting it. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Victim No More on facebook and uh bobby heckman on facebook and instagram vnm underscore 2020 uh is on instagram i don't do twitter really because i just just don't i've never liked twitter so yeah i'm not a really Um, anyways either yeah i i know i could get more views and more promotion out of Twitter that I can, but I'm just, I'm just, I don't want to. <laughs> I just don't want to. Um, and uh, also, I just, you know, I want to promote that the Blu-ray is coming out soon. Once <coughs> we're going to start, you know, within the next month or so, we should have the Blu-rays. And um, I wanted to go with the Blu-rays, I wanted to do the clear cases, like the box set okay. that we have. So if you like the movie enough, you could just pop it in your box set. 
There just you take go. the special features. Take the special features disc out, and you could have Friday Thirteenth Part One to Twelve, basically, and Victim No More. There and I wanted to ironically yeah, have the, the clear 13th clear. film in the in the box set, <laughs> and then it could be the Thirteenth film in the box set. Hey, you said it. And and what happens at the end of that movie? It's the end of Jason. Spoilers. You there know, you go. But not really. Not really. Um, and I I also want to promote also that when we do hit a hundred thousand views on YouTube, um, I said it on Facebook and I'm saying it here that, uh, I have two sequels in mind that I want to do. Okay. So there'll be a victim, no more two and three, which will be a final chapter to a trilogy. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended and never say final. So the word final will not be in the title because that's always a lie. Uh, but we will have it will be a victim no more trilogy and i hope to raise the money we can uh to make those two films nice and, and, we, uh, and we did get two finals in friday the 13th we got the final chapter and the final friday <laughs> the final <Exactly>. victim <laughs> the final victim ever on the planet earth um so I, yeah i don't want to say final but i i really the more I think about it, the more I really want to make it a trilogy. And I have a lot of story to tell, yeah. uh, stories to tell, um, which I won't spoil here because that's after we get 100,000 views. Um, yeah. But And I don't know if they'll be feature length. I think they still might keep it short and tight and have the quality, you know, be as good as... I, th- you know, I think the way you did the, this perfect. one was really good. 40 minutes is a good time. You know, and it, it gave it was enough time that you got to tell the story and make the movie you wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad it was. I mean, it was a little longer when it was a script, and mm-hmm. I did cut out a couple of parts, a couple of scenes, and it made it just tighter. It was a story that needed to be told. And yeah. <laughs> excuse me, and um, yeah, I thought that was long enough. Some some sometimes when it's a low budget. And movies go on too long, it kind of it can drag here and there if it doesn't have like the budget to like yeah. back it. Yeah. So I just wanted to make it entertaining and you know mm-hmm. told like a you know a short film. It's it's yeah you know, it, it feels like almost like a pilot episode of a TV series. Yeah, you know? like forty <laughs> minutes. You know. Absolutely, and and um, it, it was great. Um, I thank you so much, Bobby, for joining me this evening. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. And I will come back whenever you want. I'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Discuss I'll more. Back on. And uh, for anybody watching this on YouTube, don't forget slash that subscribe button. You know you want to uh, <laughs> hit the like. You know, right. comment, share on social media. Do what you can. If you're listening on audio only, where it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., 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 make sure to rate comment like share that on social media as well um and of course slash scotty merch get your uh slash scotty merch from my merchandiser on virtual merch booths thank you so much bobby it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on again and i'm so glad to have you and uh mr mahoney on my show (laughs) mr mahoney (laughs) all right man have a great one man enjoy the rest of the night absolutely Bye. bye